Apple Card Security, a podcast subscription that you might pay for, and iOS 15. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Text Expander by Smile, the makers of world-class software. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more and download your free demo. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is the second in a three-part discussion with the Mac Voices Live panel that covered a lot of ground with a lot of different topics. This time, we start in with some of the security that Apple is putting in place for its Apple Card. We talk about a podcast service that you may want to pay for or may not, and also start, start some discussions of iOS 15. So let's go back and let the panel do the talking. If if it sounds like we're getting preachy, folks, I'm sorry, but you know it, it just it, we need to, we really need to, oh. we want you to be safe. Well, I was gonna say we are because Andrew and I have a not so secret goal on Security Friday. He knows where I'm headed with this. Our not so secret goal on Security Friday is to roll in on Friday and go, "Howdy do, Buckaroos? We're here for Security Friday." Hi, Andrew. Hey, Happy Friday! And go, we got nothing. Uh, we're just going to talk to you about the games we're playing on the Switch right now because there's nothing to report. There have been this week in data breaches came up empty this week in Facebook. We got nothing this week in data leaks. Nothing to speak of. Everybody's got everything behind a good password. Nobody's having trouble with their stuff getting out anywhere. So um, we're just going to talk to you about the latest modification update to Animal Crossing. Here we go. Yeah, and that that's has happened. Goal. Glorious. Yeah, thing. that's maybe twice. Well, other than say, that, once. Well, like this week and last week, I think we've gotten enough security topics by like Tuesday or Wednesday. Lunchtime so Tuesday, we had a full slate <laughs> for Friday. Yeah. yeah. You are, it's never going to come to that point as long as you have the human element in there. I know. At all. Yeah. So a, it, Warren, let me have this one. Someday, <laughs> one day in we the will get to when, when Someday uh, we will have a moment. Botnet yeah. or Skynet. When Skynet's taken over, yeah. we don't have to worry about the uh, the humans uh, and their stupidity. Yeah. yeah. Um, just a couple more things on this. We'll move on. But first of all, Brad says one password supports that iCloud syncing. Great point, yep. Brad. Yes. Um, Web points out that one password can also save the authenticator token as well. Thank you, Web. Absolutely mm -hmm. correct. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it the, it'll do the TOTP for you, which is the authentication piece that, like I said, you have to go a little different route because it's not its own authenticator app. So you have to set that up, but it does work and it will alert you when it's available yeah. on, on websites third, where it knows. So. And the third piece from my the other part of my life is that more and more in, uh, insurance companies are will not give you cyber insurance if you or other kinds of insurance if you do not have multi-factor authentication turned on. And it's mm -hmm. appalling to me how many companies say, yeah, that's just too much trouble. Wow. Part of, part wow. of my day job is uh, rolling it out for people who go, we applied for cybersecurity insurance. Is there anyone there who could maybe talk to us about a password manager? Because apparently that's a thing we're supposed to do now. So it's not everybody, Chuck. I just want to give you a tiny bit of... Yeah. Also, uh, it's also camera companies. Uh, if you notice Ring and Arlo and all those good stuff, they're pushed. They pushed it out. Uh, the two-factor authentication uh, for pretty mm -hmm. much everything. Yeah, which yeah. is a really good thing because you don't want somebody looking at your cameras. If it's if it's your doorbell camera, it may not be a big deal. You may your neighbor <laughs> might think it's a big deal, but you won't think it's a big deal. 
But if yep. it's the one that's inside your house, then it's a whole other matter. Well, I think it's a big deal that Amazon has given that video to the cops, but that's a separate conversation. Yeah, that's a, yeah, we're not going to do that one because that is a whole separate conversation. Well, Chuck, it is a big deal if someone can get at your ring camera because now they have a way to monitor when you are coming and going from your own home. Uh, If you use the front door, you're absolutely right, Jeff. I I tend to come through another door, not my front door. So I wouldn't have even really... Can have thought of that. that camera I said. Well, you need that. to put a camera on every door, Chuck, because if you don't have a camera on that door, then now I know to come in through the door that you come in. Yeah, but you hey, don't Siri, know. Remind me to install more cameras at Chuck's house. You, you don't know where the landmines are planted on which door, Warren. So, <laughs> hey, before we leave the security thing, um, Andrew also did another article that I thought was really important for people to know, and that's the Apple Card lets you change your CCV. And Andrew, I'll let you run with that one too. Yes, uh, that was really cool. Uh, I didn't like, we didn't really hear about this until like just today. That wasn't something that I saw as part of the iOS 15 beta, but um, it's official now. There's an Apple support document out there where you can change that three digit C, uh, CVV number. They call it this advanced fraud protection system. Once you turn that toggle on, then that number will change periodically. I haven't seen it change yet, but I'm I'm assuming it might change like when you actually use it. So, you know, right now I haven't really used my Apple card number yet, but yeah. And you, you can enable it at any time. You can turn it off at any time. And then when Apple says, if you do want to turn it off, like everything sounds like it will be the way it was before and it won't affect all your subscriptions or other form of, uh, you know, recurring payment systems. Yeah. I just, I really like what Apple's doing here. And because it's not really all that sexy to a lot of people, it's not getting, I think the, the coverage or the notification, the publicity it should. So hopefully we gave it just a little bit. So one more reason to get an Apple card and use an Apple card um, it's it's just it's improving your security, and maybe one day the big banks will get around to doing some of it. Who knows? Um, let's see. Okay, Kelly, this one's for you. All right, but I want everybody to sort of chime in a little bit on this one, and that is uh, Marvel pay for subscription in Apple Podcasts for original content. Uh huh. Um, knowing you do the MCU show. Um, I was really intrigued to, to, I wanted to hear what you thought about this and the fact that this, this is the first time I've heard about an Apple podcast subscription that has exclusive content that I might be interested in. Yeah. Um, I only saw a little bit about it, but, um, part of what, part of what I thought was interesting about it is that this is a thing that we saw rolled out. Gosh, was it like really early this year that Apple started saying they were going to um, start making this stuff available through the pay, like th- there were going to be the opportunities for paid channels um, for you to like have a podcast, but then have stuff that's behind a paywall, so to speak. And then um, sort of have a freemium model. Like maybe you can hear things at a, you know, in a different way. Um, the thing that is, the thing that's sort of interesting to me about this one in particular is that what they've put in, uh what what they've put behind it is um 
um i want to say it's this week in marvel is one of the ones that they've put uh behind so. that, that's one of the paid ones um and uh, which used to just be a, a a regular show that anybody could listen to so i think it's uh, i think it's now moving behind a paywall where it used to be available to everybody um one of the one of the things that i thought marvel was doing initially that was interesting was they've got um i haven't listened to it yet but they've got a wolverine like drama the drama series sort of that's that's on apple Podcasts that looks really cool and uh, i just haven't had a chance to listen to it um i would like to i I don't know if I want to pay for it, but I kind of want to hear Mar- uh, Method Man talk about Marvel Comics. I think that would be a really entertaining show. And um, uh, I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen what the other ones are going to be, but uh, it absolutely makes sense that it was going to be Disney that was one of the first to roll out some sort of uh, paid situation uh, when they have the opportunity to do something free or get people to pay them for it. That's kind of Disney's jam. Uh I like an awful lot of it, but I'm very aware of what we're of what we're talking about. Like they are a company, they are for profit. Um, I want to stop for a minute and say bye to Warren because Warren has to go uh, oh. go rest up. So bye Warren. Bye Warren. I'm sorry, bye, he Warren. snuck away from me. Join us from the chat. Yeah. Join us in the chat room, and you can heckle us from there. Uh, I look forward to it. Because <laughs> um, nobody does that. <laughs> well, it's got to start sometime. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. The thing, the thing about it that I sort of wonder about is um, it's, it's only the audio, the audio file itself. So for example, you mentioned my MCU TV podcast. That's a podcast that's hosted over at the incomparable and the incomparable has a way that you can pay for membership. And when you pay for membership at the incomparable, you get access to a Slack where other paid members show up and panelists on the shows are there, uh, depending on who they are to interact with you. Um, other membership things that I know about give you access to a discord where you can talk to different people, you know, who are also part of that network or, um, they give you access to other sorts of things. And with the podcast, it's literally just the audio feed. Like that's all you get is there is additional audio that comes with that. They don't have any way to monetize anything else that you can put out there and make available for people. So um, it's really just, uh, I mean, you kind of have to treat it like another streaming service depending on um, on the cost and stuff. I haven't seen, I, I didn't see what the cost was on this one, um, but I'm interested to see what they end up doing with it and whether or not it becomes a um, a, a thing where the paywall like everything that's behind the paywall is behind the, the paywall forever, or you can have it now. And then like a month or two from now, you get to hear what was the paid stuff, but now it's free because it's not quite as topical or interesting anymore. Things like that. I'm not sure how they're going to handle that. And um, I'm more interested in this as a paid podcast situation than as a Marvel did a thing situation, but I definitely want to know where it goes. And I, uh, like I said, I haven't decided if I'm going to um, uh, pay for it or not. Well, it's, I know I can tell you it's $3.99 a month, and that's about okay. the only question of the ones that you raised that I can answer, because <laughs> I, I know there are, several, there are several shows out there. Um, they're either Spotify—I I hate the word exclusive, um, but they, they are advanced, or you listen to them early, or mm-hmm. you can wait a week or two or three or more and then mm-hmm. hear them later. So yeah. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how, how Marvel and Disney— do this um mm-hmm. and and 
because you're right. I mean, there's there's nothing else to monetize other than that. And part of me says, okay, that they're almost going to have to keep that material behind the paywall in order to make have it make sense because the the yeah. kind of full production podcasts they're doing, I mean, they're more they're almost like um, uh, an audio book, a performed yeah. audio book. Or um, radio drama style stuff, I think, was one of the ones I saw. And the Wolverine yeah. one, I think, is one of those as well. Yeah, yeah I don't know if if, uh, if you are familiar with um, graphic audio, um, their, their studio, the producers of oh, a lot yeah. of Marvel and DC stuff. <laughs> I mean, but they do yeah. sound effects and they have multiple. They don't have just one guy changing his voice. They have multiple it's, people playing yeah. the parts. And so if I, that, in my mind, is what this is going to be competing with. Yeah. And so I and I look I look at it as an audiobook thing. <clears throat> okay. Three ninety nine a month. How much, you know, how much yeah. would I spend on 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 audiobooks in a month? Now, unfortunately, it's going to be just this particular kind of content. Right. And how much? Mm-hmm. You know, how much of this content am I going to get that I'm really interested in? So yeah. I I just I was fascinated and I thought. You know, good. I mean, whoever's doing it, whether it was Disney's idea or Marvel's idea, good for mm-hmm. you guys. Because if anybody can draw an audience, then it's you. So yeah, we'll see and how it plays I, out. I, I think, think it'll be is, fun to see. Yeah, Jeff. I think this is Marvel just dipping their toe into that space to see what kind of response they get, because <laughs> th- this is a uh, a low barrier to entry for them. And if this proves popular enough. I think that uh, we'll see them uh, branching out and offering even more compelling content behind their paywall. They could, they could start making some of that part of Disney Plus. Maybe all they stream is audio. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not necessarily a video stream through, through Disney Plus. And one of the things that so when they jack the price up another couple bucks a month, you're getting a bonus of all of this like high quality audio. Um, one of the things that that. I forgot to mention about the incomparable is that you get to listen to the live version of the podcast that's being recorded. Um, some of the shows you can hear them live and then that like raw unpublished hunk of audio, you know, like this, that we're doing like Chuck, if you just dump this out for people to watch, you know, people who are, uh, members, then, um, you know, you can hear like the initial edition. And then after you go back and like part it out and clean it up and stuff, then, um, you know, the finished version is what, what regular people get, but you can hear it live and you get to hear all the like pre-show chatter and, and, you know, the, the goofy stuff that we do before the show and after the show and, you know, that kind of stuff, um, makes a difference. And I think that, um, I, I wonder if there would be something like that, that might appeal to Marvel in some way on some, like on this week in Marvel, um, you know, and, and some of the other ones where where they're sort of the newsy, updatey kind of shows, and not the the fiction, the audio fiction kinds of ones. Um, you know, I'd be interested now, to see. Now that you say that, Kelly, what I want to see is uh, is uh, a new show where it's the unedited uh, ready room interviews that Will Wheaton does after each Star Trek episode. Mm-hmm. I would pay for that in a heartbeat. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Text Expander by Smile. Do more with just a few keystrokes with Text Expander. With so many of us working from home now, at least part time, if not full time, we're having to do a lot of things just a little different. That can be good, it can be a challenge, sometimes both at once. That means taking a look at how we're doing things and trying to be more efficient and more consistent. 
That's why Text Expander from Smile is at the top of my list when I need to try to figure out how to do things just a little bit better. Text Expander can help me do a whole lot with just a few keystrokes. Maybe it's as simple as putting in a mailing address by typing in two or three characters. Maybe it can be as untime-consuming as putting in regularly used texts into an email, a Slack message, or a Teams message. Again, just a few keystrokes can drop in paragraphs of information. Even better, though, is that whatever information we're talking about, it's always the same, always correct, every single time, so that not only am I saving time, I'm being sure that it's right. That's important for me as an individual, but it can be critical if you are managing a team and want that kind of consistency each and every time. I can't stress enough how much I want you to visit textexpander.com podcast right now. Find out more about what TextExpander can do for you, and then download a free demo to see for yourself. TextExpander.com slash podcast, and start making your workflows more efficient today. Thanks to Smile for being the longest-running sponsor of Mac Voices. But Jeff, thank you, because that's exactly one of the things I was going to bring up, that this is, I'm I'm not sure, honestly, I think it started pre-pandemic, but it seemed to, in fact, I know it did. But it's it seemed to really gain a lot of traction where if if something is released on a particular time or day, or if it's one of those that is is broadcast in some fashion, that there would be these after shows, um, mm-hmm. you know, like like Will Wheaton's. Um, I think there was one for the first episode of Star Trek, or excuse me, first season of Star Trek Discovery that was hosted mm-hmm. by some by someone else. I know there was one for Mr. Robot. Um, uh, Walking so, Dead had one. Yeah, they still so, have one. I don't know. I don't really. Yeah, the, the, there's so much stuff out there, and mm-hmm. so many opportunities for this additional content. You know that, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's all competing with everything else. So, I, I, I again, I thought it was really interesting. I'm anxious to see how this develops, whether it does develop or whether it, the the plug gets pulled on it. Well, you can look forward to Jeff and I's podcast about the Marvel podcasts um, available in your favorite podcast app. And then they'll, and then Jeff and Kelly will come on here on this podcast to talk about their podcast, talking about the other podcast. <laughs> that is so meta. Uh, very, yeah, Kelly, I'm going to be ready to record in ten minutes. Or wait, okay. when are we wrapping up here? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys want to do it, then then this can be the the behind the scenes of your new show. Okay. My, well, my guess is uh, we'd have to put an adult tag on it. Yeah, you guess. Explicit. I'm not guessing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know. All right. All right. Um, the main, what was intended to be the main subject, but our last subject is the one that sort of <laughs> is the obvious one. And that's iOS 15 and um, iPad OS 15 and iPad 15. How many people here have installed on, on a device? Uh, on a, Okay, so yeah, pretty much everybody. June, except me, except you, Jim. You didn't. Uh, okay, oh, so success. so you're the wild man. Why not? I'm always slow. I'll probably do it sooner this year than I usually do, but a lot of times I wait months. <laughs> hmm. Well, okay. for you, Jim, it doesn't have a big impact on your business. Uh, whereas for like for me and for Andrew and Kelly, uh, if we're not up to date with the latest of the latest, 
we can't talk about the stuff we need to talk about. Yeah, that's true. I'm I'm just worried that, you know, the thing will break and then I won't have it and like I use it to <clears throat> measure my blood sugar for my diabetes. So it would be really bad if uh, the phone didn't work, but uh, it seems like they've gotten pretty good at not breaking things. In all fairness, the, yeah, the thing that's broken for me the most was 14.5. So, because that broke a lot of stuff. But no, yeah, I just no, mean that's like a the really phone good reason. I was break. thinking it was because you were a Mac guy. Yeah. Well, I, hmm? I, I'm, I'm usually behind on upgrading my Macs too. Well, so, and in some cases, there's some good reasons to, you know. Right. But, there are a lot of really good reasons to, to delay on the Mac a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also, especially on iOS, because although Mac is now getting like this as well, that, you know, you know, you can't go back. Right. You yeah. Know? There's no take backs anymore. There's no, there's no take backs. Well, there never have been on <clears throat> iOS. So, you know. You could. It was just kind of a pain in the neck, but you could. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I never heard of anybody really successfully doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, we talked pre-show, uh, Chuck, about uh, two days later, now 15.1 beta one's out. And, you know, you know, come on, Apple, why did you release this uh, this version of, of iOS two days after we want to get used to 15.0? Yes, of course, a .0 is always going to be the one that you know, there's going to probably be some bugs, but then I think that's the quickest they've done it, at least in beta. So that's going to give people more reason like, like Jim to, to want to wait and not, not upgrade until at least the, the dot one version is, is in the public's hands. Well, the, the, <laughs> that wasn't the thing that bugged me about it. I guess it was the fact that, you know, the coverage out there on the, on the Mac web is, all about all the cool new features of 15. Right. And then they start interspersing articles with, well, this is now in 15.1. Now, right. to their credit, they usually say 15.1 beta, but it's like, guys, just give it a rest. I mean, look, I, it's great that, that the we have this accelerated rate of development and that Apple's on top of it and therefore, you know, developers can be as well. But, you know, at some point, it's just like... Uh, and sort of to that point, I got an email from one of my customers that was having a pro problem running my software on Monterey. And he's like, come on, guys, you know, Apple has released this and, you know, yet. Well, I thought, they have I, that's what I replied, but he didn't believe me. <laughs> he was I like, mean, yes, they, they have. Monterey um, was and, a month and that's out because on beta 7. <laughs> there's so much of this coverage and it, people don't, you know, see this. Uh, distinction between uh you know when it's really beta and you know anybody can sign up for the beta and um so you know he was all bent out of shape that he was having a problem that's a bummer yeah, dude well and that's welcome and to that's my life <laughs> yeah but but see there's jim representing the developer community and this is exactly why we you know suggest people don't upgrade you know, to, or, or excuse me, don't run the betas, you know, because things are broken. And if, you know, if it's a week or two or three after, then, okay, maybe it's time to contact the developer and say, hey, you know, what are your plans? But, you know, it's, I mean, Jim, you can speak to it a lot more about what it takes to get something up to speed when a new version of an OS comes out. Well, it, it varies. 
But, um, you know, sometimes Apple breaks things. Yeah. And then you have to figure that out. It's not always on a major release either. Sometimes it can just be like some point release and oops. No, but that's okay, we're, that's sort of the, we're scrambling. That, that's sort of the nature of things, I think. Yeah, I, I feel and like the, it's gotten a lot less bad over time. I'm not saying it's better, but it's gotten less bad as people have gotten more involved in the public beta because as more people try stuff, as more stuff breaks on more varieties of hardware, I feel like it makes the transition for everyone else a little smoother. Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, jerks who email support when beta zero is out, you know, the day that the keynote happened and that afternoon go, your crap doesn't work with the new beta. What's wrong with you? Um, those people aside, because I used to do a lot of tech support for a lot of people and I have had to reply to that email on a lot of on a lot more occasions than is proper for standard issue human behavior. But here we are. So that said, like if you take the jerks that email people like Jim who are lovely developers and don't deserve that kind of grief and heartache out of the equation, for the most part, people who install and go, this thing didn't work or that thing didn't work and aren't mad about it and just go like, you know, this is so, like when I click here, it turns off my computer, even though the thing I clicked on is not the thing that says turn off my computer. And here you go. Here's some feedback about it. Um, if you can get that stuff out in the world on all kinds of hardware and with all combinations of software and monitors hooked up and all kinds of stuff, it makes it a lot easier to roll that out on a much wider scale. I do sometimes feel a lot more comfortable advising people to upgrade much sooner than I used to because a lot of the huge gotcha stuff that we saw in earlier versions of Mac OS, you know, in Mac OS 10, um, are not things that we really, that there's not a lot of that that we have seen in later updates and, and things like that. Like it's gotten, a, it has gotten smoother over time. Is it smooth? No. Is it less bumpy than it used to be because Regular users don't spend quite as much time crashing headfirst into the rough edges of the software that just came out. Yes. Uh, yeah. I earlier today I was talking to a friend of mine and I heard the best wild tech support story ever. Can I take a minute and tell it? It's sure. it's worth it. It's great. Yeah, so, let's all get our popcorn. Tell us the yeah, story, you, Jim. It's <laughs> it's worth popcorn. So this guy, he got a call and got this guy's complaining he says i bought your software and now whenever i stick a disc in my computer this was in the days of floppies it immediately ejects and you know like your your software broke rom in in my computer this is back in you know really early days and they were like you know I, that's not possible you know and the guy was like well you know can i say i bought your software and now you know this is what happens so Fortunately, you know, they weren't able to help him. And fortunately, the guy did figure it out and actually called back and explained what happened. So apparently he had an extra mouse connected to this computer and he had some books on it. And he took the manual for the new software and he put it on the top of the pile. And that was enough that the mouse was, clicked. was permanently clicked. Oh, Lord. <laughs> And I was like, "Yeah, Rick, the, your software did cause this computer to eject this yeah, every yeah. time. It was totally After your fault." Fashion. 
It was it was your documentation that caused the ejection. Yeah. <laughs> I once I, I that's why Apple doesn't document. That's why Apple doesn't ship manuals, says Brittany. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, um, it's yeah, good point. Brittany. I once got a call from someone who said um, I was doing printer support, and they said um, I'm calling because I need a floppy disk. And I was surprised. I said, well, if you just bought it, like there should have been a floppy disk in the box. Well, all of the document, all of the, everything in the manual says that there's a floppy disk and there's a disk in the box, but it's hard plastic. It's not flexible at all. And I need the floppy because everything refers to the floppy and the floppy is what you need to send me. So. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, we could tell tech support stories. So all anytime day anybody it's, it's ever says, anytime anyone ever wants to tell a story about people, like, I have at least five more stories like that one that I can tell you about. This is what you have to be aware of with the kind of things that when you are trying to explain something to people, David probably has the same. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, well, sure. Does it mean you should get to be a jerk about it to Jim because you're the dipstick that installed Monterey? No. Does it mean you should maybe send Jim an email and a couple of screenshots and maybe a build number and go, this is what's up. It happens every time. Thought you'd want to know. Yes, that makes you a favorite and people will look forward to email from you. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. There are nice people yeah. too. No questions. Oh, sure. Yes, sure. of course. I've spoken with both of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brittany, did you have any trouble installing anything uh, or any of the iOS 15s that you installed? Or the, any of the Back 15? at the beginning of oh. June? <laughs> no, actually it went pretty smooth. The iOS 15s you've installed. No, I mean, did you did you install anything just to yesterday today? No, I can't because it, in this in the rare case that you are a ridiculous human being whose entire life is run by shortcuts embedded in within within other shortcuts that then have third party actions that happen in them, which are all contained in shortcuts. Other um, other than that, the beta has been beautifully stable. So if you're not a huge shortcut person. It's actually been glorious. Oh, my phone's hot. But other than that, it's been great. Um, but no, I still need a device that runs shortcuts, which means my iPad has to stay on 14. Okay. Andrew, how about I you? I Any... thought to check all of my shortcuts. I wonder what's <laughs> not working. Uh, so it was really validating when Matthew Castanelli validated that he was like, oh, no, 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 this is a bug. This is my feedback number, and I could just duplicate it. <laughs> Did you guys see the story that ran around earlier this week about how a security researcher killed everyone's shared shortcuts months ago? They, they were yeah. restored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just he got the story late because he couldn't share it before then. Yeah. 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 But I knew about the problem at the time because. Well, obviously, like hundreds of thousands of people knew about it at the time. But I don't yeah. think people realize that someone actually caused it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was just the short shared shortcuts, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he right. he yeah. he broke into Apple's server and was experimenting with it, and he assumed that Apple's security was going to stop him, and he thought he would get an error message. So he's like, "Oh, what if I say delete all?" <laughs> That didn't give me an error message. That's weird. And that's why Andrew and I still have a show on Friday. <laughs> exactly. I mean, exactly. I, I'm glad that that he shared what happened with Apple so that they could fix it. 
and uh and apple um after they changed their pants got right on fixing it and they asked him not to please stop experimenting with that system for until we tell you (laughs) yeah but they did reward him too yeah like that was still good no yeah and I would we like were to... paranoid that it was that they were getting rid of that feature. Like we didn't know why it wasn't working because Apple right. didn't tell you stuff. Like that. We were just like, so what are we going to do? Because a lot of people were using that for their backup system, um, using those shared links. And, you know, some people have published libraries of shortcuts and th- that was the real issue. So when they did release a patch, it was good. Yeah. Well, I guess it wasn't just a patch. There was some more that they had to scramble to restore backups and then merge whatever that with whatever new changes. They did. We were relieved. <laughs> this is why it's important to have backups, people. Yes. And and so yes, we're gonna do know. the the password and the backup rant in the same show. <laughs> well, well, I think no, we're just gonna Apple joke about that has to do the backup. We're gonna joke about all the backups being on tapes. Well, and I will, I will, I will do a rant. I'll, I'll, I'll rant about you know somebody experiment breaking into Apple servers, servers and experimenting. You know, it's it's very nice that Apple rewarded him. I'd like to reward him, all right, with a one way ticket to Siberia. <laughs> you didn't think it would I mean, work? What are you talking about? He, yeah, he, 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 he uncovered a problem. It's Apple's yeah, fault. It's he, not his fault. It was an, yeah, it was an accident. He said. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but that's what you, security if, researchers do. Ah. I have a real problem with that. I have a real problem yeah. with that. I, I just, you know, I, if you're some, if you're in there, if well, Apple asks you to do it, that's one thing. But if somebody is in there playing around with something they aren't supposed to be playing around with, or they're in somewhere they shouldn't be, and then no. they mess up my, my problems or my, that's the my whole stuff, point of the bug bounty pro- program. Yeah. It's to have more people out there finding the flaws that are the kind of people who will report it. Yeah, it's I, better, I much better that. than it wasn't somebody, you know, what if it was somebody that didn't report it and just kept doing it or malicious? It's, yeah. it's how it's um, supposed to yeah. work. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, from what Jim said, and I don't don't remember the article enough, he said that he broke into Apple servers. Okay, stop right there. That's enough. Siberia. That's what security researchers do. They try to break into Apple servers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, lots of things. Or Microsofts but, yeah. or Exxon's yeah. yeah. or... Whatever. Well, then they better be darn competent and not not mess things up. I mean, you know, if if he was able to break into Apple servers right there, you know, that's where you stop and say, fix this. I, I just, I'm sorry, but. I want them I, to I, keep doing it. That's that's how we find out these things is when somebody who's the kind of person who reports it, finds it. Says the lady who just had all her, is worried about having her shortcuts broken. Well, yeah. Also, Apple's problem to fix. <laughs> mm. But mine's not a security issue. I mean, it was frustrating when it happened. But well, what happened was Apple found out there was a problem. Like, and and then it was more secure. Struggling yeah, and, and if, if you look at the sequence, you know, I, you can see why he assumed that, that this wasn't going to do anything. Um, you know, he... There are people out there that are malicious that, you know, are trying to cause tr- trouble. And people like this are the ones that are, you know, getting in there and finding problems so that they can be fixed before, you know, the malicious people get in there. 
This Mac Voices Live panel discussion concludes in the next edition of Mac Voices, where we continue our comments about iOS 15 installation, initial uses and all, and the panel has a little bit of a disagreement about a hacker who broke into Apple servers and broke shortcuts. That's next time on Mac Voices, and I hope you'll join us. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page, and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices, or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.